What's up, everybody? Welcome to the New Friends Podcast. I am your host, Sylvia Costa. This episode you are about to hear is episode two, season one of the New Friends Podcast. Now remember, this podcast started as the No New Friends Podcast. In season one, you're really going to hear and learn the evolvement of growth and healing that I did and have done and the work that I put into myself. Today is my birthday. It is Sunday, June 11th, and I am 35 years old today. And I have to say, I feel the most comfortable in my own shoes now than I ever have in my whole entire life. This episode is going to face some of my mental health issues, which is anxiety. I'll dip in a little bit into some of the struggles I've had trying to manage it. I hope that you can relate to me, hear my story, and hope that it encourages you to take the step of healing as well and doing the work so that you can truly find the best parts of you and love yourself just a little bit more or even just give yourself a little bit more grace and understanding. Anxiety is something that is often hidden and not spoken about. And I decided to be very open and upfront with the struggles that I've had. So this is Living with Anxiety with a dear, dear friend of mine, Dominic Duarte. And he is from Artesia, California. Him and I have had such a deep-rooted friendship for so long. And he's just a stellar, genuine guy. You guys are going to fall in love with him. And what I love to say is my friends are your friends. I hope you enjoy. Follow, subscribe, and rate. I am available to your ears on any platform that you listen to your podcasts and on the Palma Media radio station, Palma One. Thank you for all the support. Reach out to me, send me your love, tell me you're listening, and, and I hope to see you all soon. I am beyond pooped from Dia de Portugal, Dia Portugal Festival, and earthquakes. It was a blast. I loved seeing you guys and being there with Palma Portuguese Media radio station, interviewing all of you wonderful Portuguese people. It was amazing, and I cannot wait for the next event. All right, you guys, here it goes. Action. Hey, everyone. We are back with a late night session, a late night episode, which is very typical for the guests that I am going to have because I feel like the conversations that we always ended up having were definitely late night combos and he's my favorite person to talk to because there's just aren't many people that you can get really deep with and not feel judged so him and I have been friends since we were teenagers and we got close in our 20s and like I said, I ghosted him and in a way, how I feel. So, Dominic, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank <laughs> you. That was a very that was a very nice 
intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> Those were kinds of very kind words. Of course, it's. I definitely mean it. I think I carry a lot of guilt for the years after because I did that to a couple of good friends. I just distanced myself a lot, which I think I think sometimes you just have to do that. But I'm sorry that I did that. Well, yeah, I mean, the, like that's the the thing is, is I don't think, and I'm, I'm acknowledging you're sorry, and I think that it's okay. Like I don't think there's any harm in like taking space from friends. There's a lot of people that I've lost like communication with for a very long time and then retouched up with. So like for that, as that goes, like there's there's never hard feelings when it comes to that. A hundred percent. Like don't ever feel bad about taking time on your, your, your own and distancing yourself from people because it's a lot better to like distance yourself from someone and like work on whatever it is that you're trying to bring to them, you know, what, you know, cause Really, if you're not bringing to the, the, the friend what, what you intend to, then you're not having a very, like, meaningful relationship. Yeah. Like, what I'm trying to say is you might need to stop being friends with someone in order to be a better friend to them later on. Yeah. And, and, and I think I yeah. kind of dipped into, like, what I was going through at that time. Like, I think I was kind of in and out. I don't think it was, like, a, like a hard, hard stop, but it was, like, I think I kind of wavered away a little well, bit. I think I kind of yeah. dipped into no, like, yeah, it, it, what it, I was going yeah, through at the course. time. Of course. That's what I'm saying. I think it it, it, it almost just seems like things, um, it just like grew, grew apart. You know, like I, I know that what like for, I don't know how much, you know, you want to talk about this, but I know that a lot of. Well, like, let's start at the beginning because we're like, we're already diving in. And yeah, my, I just like disclaimer, well, Dominic have not, Dominic and I have not yeah, talked on the exactly. phone at all. We've just um, been chatting through Instagram and it hasn't been anything like in depth at all. So this is very raw. This is not anything that we've like filtered or anything like that. 100%. Like this is just like, I haven't even spoke to you on the phone for years. years. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very interesting dynamic. Like first and foremost, I want to make sure that I'm communicating what I want to communicate to you. Like, I don't really care who or what's listening, you know? Yes. And so I don't want to, I don't want it to be, to be saying things that I don't actually want you to understand. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not speaking to an audience. I want to be speaking to you. 100%. That's exactly. Uh, and I, I'm putting myself out there in this vulnerable spot of connecting to, to someone. And I'm not saying every episode is going to be like, Oh, like I'm not their friend. Now they're my friend. I hope to have like, different types of, of guests that are just not people that I'm not friends with anymore. But I think this is like the premise of, of what I want to do because it's selfishly for me um, to, to heal because I, I carry a lot of guilt because I put my friends most of my life in front of like my sisters, my family. Like I really held my friends up there on the pedestal. So I had I have guilt for for some of those friendships and relationships and not all friendships and relationships. I think I'm open to go there yet or ever as as well so yeah because i would like to like like that's what i was gonna say i want to stress to at least you that i don't feel like any hard feelings towards you because we haven't talked as much as we used to like i feel like we're still friends but it is kind of jarring because we haven't communicated on a regular basis so i understand where you're coming from it's, it's almost like like it, the 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 level of communication kind of just fizzled out yeah for sure and i don't well, know i like i don't know if it's like a um a lack of self-awareness on my part. I just don't carry the same guilt. Like, I don't, I, I guess I don't feel like guilty that we stopped talking. I feel like it is unfortunate that we don't talk as much as we used to, but I understand how busy people become with life, you know, like 
we're yeah. in the stage where there's so there's so much hours in a day and you can only delegate so many to so many people exactly and, and, you know and it's it's never it's never hard feelings ever for me well, thank you. Uh, and I clearly don't have any hard feelings towards you. But I have to say my my number one thing about you, and I definitely did not get this out of a, a, every friendship. Of course, every friendship's different. But you never made me feel weird or judged or like I have this insecurity sometimes when I'm talking to people maybe that I don't feel are close. Or I always have this in the back of my mind where I'm like, do they really like me? Am I like a likable person really at the end of the day? But I'm, I'm trying to really dig deep to figure out one, why my friendships seem to fall apart. And I know that's part of life, but how I can now move forward and actually make maybe new friends because I have a really hard time making friends now. And I'm like, mm, not not my not my type of person. Okay, not, uh, yeah. that's not my type of person. Understandable, completely. And you've but, you've put deep thought into what has caused you to stop being friends with people in the past. You said. Well, I think every situation's so different. Every friendship has a different dynamic and different reasons for falling out or falling apart. But there are friendships, for instance, you and I, where I'm like damn like that's one friend that I I didn't really want to other away like I wanted it I didn't because it was it your friendship to me was very important because you always were a safe place for me when I would be in Artesia in in those times in our 20s so like yep I had just started learning about my anxiety and what it was. I mean, the first time I had breathed in a bag was I was in Artesia. (laughs) And that's when like, I, I was learning like, Oh my God, I have this feeling, this thing, this is not just like, it's physical. It's not in your head. Sometimes It it definitely became something that was like an outer body like experience. Yeah. So I knew already that you had experience with anxiety. So you felt very safe to me. I knew that I could say like, Hey, I'm not feeling right. I'm having a, I'm, I think I'm having a panic attack and we would kind of like, okay, like let's center, (laughs) you know, in a way. And I think you and I have that. Yeah. And for sure. One another. And, and uh, a lot of that, a lot of the feeling I think that you feel from like the non-judgment that you feel from me is just like, it's me um, trying to cut off the cycle of the um, embarrassment I feel from it. So um, I like I feel immense embarrassment from the, when I get anxiety, and uh, I I feel very judged and like I'm not I'm feel, I feel very similar to all the ways you, you feel. So yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with reciprocating or like like reproducing that feeling for someone else. I agree with you completely. Like, like when there were, that's what, that's where we became friends is like when, 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 when like there was a moment where it's like, okay, we need to recenter and it's like, you know, like we need to um, recharge our social battery for a second. So let's get away and like, just like chill out and, 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 and then we can go back and, and re socialize with everyone. And, and it's true. Um, I don't want um, you to think that like, like I know the answer to anxiety. You know, like I, it was, if, if, if you ever felt like I did, like if you ever felt like there was a moment where like I was in control of it, it was, it was probably me just trying to mask the fact that I was not in control of it, you know? 
Yeah. And there are certain things that I do to like recenter myself and I like to try to control like the the flare-ups. But in that in, in that time, like you were saying, we were all pretty brand new to it. Like yeah. I had just started experiencing my anxiety in my early twenties, like and and I didn't want to acknowledge that it was even a thing. For the longest time I wanted to just subvert it, like it was just in my head and it was something that I could ignore and it was just me um not being in the right frame of mind, you know. And I, uh, something about the, you know, going to the hall kind of exacerbates my anxiety. And I think that's something that. Okay, something... let's stop right there because I feel like that's a good segue to introduce, like, to talk about not everyone knows what the hall is. <laughs> that's true. So, yes, exactly. Like, I'm a thousand percent. Um, when we're probably like teenagers, I want to say I was maybe 17, 16 years old. We're, wait, you're a little bit younger than me, right? Yeah. So I, I was, I want to say, 16 years old, 15 years old. It was probably, yeah, so 15, 14, 14 or 15, right there. Yeah, so we were part of this Portuguese American Federation held a annual convention and all of different parts of California, they would do a musical variety show where we would be expressing culture intertwined with American culture. We, we are both from the same culture. We're Yep. So, um, that's where we met. It was fun, and I remember, um, like after the show, like that night, we were hanging out by a pool or something, and we were just having the best time ever, just laughing our ass. Yeah. That those are some of the best times ever. I think the very first time I I, I met you, met you, we were I was I could be wrong, but I was coming down the escalator. And um, you were with a group of people that you performed with, um, and you you were like congratulating congratulating me and congratulating us and stuff, and we're like super nice and super friendly. And I think that was the very very first time that I, like like I like we we said hello to each other. And it was definitely some good times. And man, that is what started me going to Artesia because I made such good friends with all of you guys. And my first road trip ever was going to Artesia. And the amount of times I've driven there is crazy. You guys came so, down all the time. All the time. Fast forward, I don't even know how many years ago was this. I was trying to look at like our last photos and I think it was 2016. That sounds about right. Is when um, like I would say like to 2014, 15, 16 when I was like really good friends with you. Those were the years that we were like tight. Yeah, you guys were like, like I feel like you guys were always coming down, and you like, like the communication was was really rock solid for sure. So we were talking a lot at that time, and we, we were really close friends. And like I just talked to I just talked to Drea the other day. Like it's just it's it's just interesting how time flies by, and then you 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 look back on it, and it just feels like it wasn't that long ago know if you knew but like that time I was going through really bad heartbreak I had gotten out of a relationship that I was in for four years and I thought that was gonna be like my everything and Mm. he told me he just never saw himself ever getting married or having kids and I just knew that was not something that I was gonna settle for so I was in a position where I was breaking up with somebody that I was still in love with and so my mind completely went, well, I'm going to just do whatever 
it is that like he would think is like unattractive in a way like I did stupid things like I put my belly button ring back in yeah like I started going out like crazy and I I spiraled and it took me years to realize that I was completely masking the heartbreak of that in that my whole world changed right in front of my eyes and I knew in my heart that I made the right decision but it was very hard for me. So me going to in those years when I was really tight with you and partying over there and everything, I was just going way too hard partying. And I was completely running away from my feelings. Oh, yes. Yeah. Escapism, so hard for me. Escapism is a real thing. And we all do it every day. And in and, and moments like that where you're just like, trying to like deny the fact that you f- feel a certain way about something you, you 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 run to escapism more than ever and i didn't feel like i was sad or anything i didn't i thought i was just fine because i was having fun and i was happy and then you wake up the next morning and you're like um i'm not really happy with what happened or or anything like that and you do it again you well, ask- yeah. You I mean, there's, I mean, you weren't happy about. I mean, it's just, it was just a vicious cycle. Yeah, for sure. There's some happiness I think that comes from, you know, just like inst- trying to fill the void. Yeah, well, there's some happiness that's instantaneous, like being around good, good company, some nice music, good tasting food. These things will bring you happiness in the moment. But there's there's some there's some things that like bring you like a greater level of happiness like a more profound level of happiness that I think are a little bit more like worked at, um, you know, like one of the things being good mental health, like exercising a lot, uh, having a good friendship, having a good relationship with your spouse, like those type of things are, they give you a greater level of happiness that sometimes you think you're happy because you're, you're, you're feeling all these moments with those momentary moments of happiness. But the, and when when those moments end, then you're left with uh, that void, like you're saying, that, that that gap of of deeper, more important happiness. And and now bringing that up, uh, I'd like to say congratulations on your two kids. Oh, because I haven't, I like, I didn't even say that yet over the messages, and I'm realizing <laughs> that now. Thank I mean, like, you. It's weird because, like, with social media, you feel like you still have a relationship with people, you know, and that's why it's like sometimes I you know. feel like you don't notice that you're drifting apart because you're still seeing them post and like, I, like I, I've, I've double tapped a photo of you and your kids, but I've never said congratulations. Thank you. Two kids. I definitely has grounded me a lot. And my husband has a lot to do with that too. He, he grounded me a lot as well, but um, yeah, but thank you. Do you I, feel like I, your anxiety has like tripled? Has, it's tripled. <laughs> okay. Well, cause I was wondering, um, I was wondering how much of, of, of anxiety was stemming from you just feeling like you weren't achieving the things that you really wanted in life, like having a kid. Um, I think, oh God, as much as, as much fun as we had in those years, they were my darkest years Yeah, well, okay. in, in those years of us being friends in our twenties. They, they were a blast, but they were very dark for me. Like my anxiety was just starting, but my anxiety then is different than what it is now. Yes. Now it's like so much worry 
then it was like so much of the unknown, not knowing where my life was going and what am I doing? Yeah, okay. Am I doing the right thing? So the anxiety I think is so different. I feel much more secure now. It's more so of like worry about my kids. Like I think that has also a lot to do with some hormones. <laughs> I think you go through like almost like a chemical imbalance when you go through pregnancy. It's the wildest ride of, of your life. <laughs> I don't know. You and I bonded over like us kind of being new to the anxiety. And then we both are Portuguese. And I think being from the same culture, especially we can only speak to being Portuguese uh, and feeling this way. But like you're saying when you go to the hall, so Port- the hall is like a Portuguese hall where a bunch of Portuguese people come and enjoy one another's company, bands, food, drinks, everything. But with our culture there's been so much and then correct me if you feel different so much of like who has the best outfit who makes the most money whose haul is even better than the other thing with the joneses it's a lot of that and it's i don't even think that we've been even broke through any of that yet i i I don't think there's any room to correct you really when it comes to that because i think what what that is is we have a very tight knit community and it's very interconnected. You know, we had Facebook before Facebook was around. You know, in the nineties, if I if I jaywalked, my dad would know by the time I got home. There was a very See, that's what's really interesting is that you literally grew up in what I felt like like, damn, this really reminds me of being in Portugal because I remember distinctly when Andrea and I were in Portugal when I was but we were like 13, 14 years old and we would be walking down the street and like the little Portuguese ladies would have their chair outside their house. And that's what they did. They watched all the young kids and then they went to go tell my grandma and her mom and this, and that's how I felt like Artisha was. It was like that. How, how did that like affect your, you growing up? Like, um, I, you know, I just, it's just very blessed to have like a childhood where like, um, there was just a bunch of chaperones walking around the streets Yeah, and my dad <laughs> felt comfortable enough and knew the community enough where I could go out and play, you know, yeah. like, I mean, that's I, the beauty of it. I mean, you felt safe. I, I to some extent I was safe, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think that's the, it wasn't an illusion of safety. It was, it was it, a, a community created like an actual layer of safety for kids to play. And, uh, there's, you know, there are, there's a lot of the keeping up with the Joneses, like you said, but there's, there's a lot of things that, that are directly related to like my childhood. And I think to a further extent, like the way I am because of the community, you know, like you're saying, and, and you're right. Like there was, there was porches everywhere and there was a grandma on, on every street, you know, making sure that, yeah, okay, this guy's not doing too much problem. Like he's, he's having fun, but he's not having too much fun, you know, because my dad would find out if I, if I, if I stepped out of line, the 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 network system was pretty pretty intense and there's and i bring that up because there's all those those other things that come along with it you know like with the community like that it's hard not to um try to keep up with the joneses and 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 just like any other community you know the portuguese community has people that are starting off from different points in life you know some people are immigrating there and have no money some people are, are second generation and have a lot of money and you know, so there's a dynamic that I think exists in, in, in just any other community where um, there's there's a, um, an, a somewhat of an anxiety to try to have as much stuff or accomplish as much 
as the person next to you. And, yeah, uh, and, yeah. some, to, to someone's self-esteem. I always felt when I was over there, I, it was really hard for me to fit in over there. Um, when I was like 19 going over there, I felt really out of place compared to the girls that were there. Like I... I don't know how to explain it. I just felt really out of place. I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in at all. I probably didn't. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't get that. I, maybe cause I'm not, I was not so much of an insider, you know, like I grew up in the community. Like I played, I played at the, at the community hall my entire life, but I didn't do the folklore festivals and I didn't, you know, participate in a lot of the cultural things like uh, as much as everyone else. So to some degree, I, I kind of always felt like a, some somewhat of an insider outsider of the group, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm maybe I'm just like I I have a similar perspective. I don't or I lack perspective to see what you're saying, but I can understand like feeling. Uh, and I went up and traveled and went to visit the other halls, which I never did. You know, that was a first time experience for me. And there were so many other halls where I felt wildly out of place. I couldn't yeah. speak Portuguese, gay. You know, like I couldn't communicate properly and I was embarrassed completely ashamed almost you know because because I didn't have the same level of connection to the culture that a lot of the people that were showing up to the hall in those areas did so I you know I I I can totally see you know just feeling out of place because to some degree you are out of place but I don't think you ever stuck out as like uh like in a crowd as being like oh that's an outsider you know I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> but I could I, be wrong, you know, because I think, but I'm, I think I, I have a theory that everyone's so preoccupied about their self insecurities that no one's really paying attention to any one person enough to be worried about the things that they should be worried about, you know? So, I mean, if everyone's just constantly calculating what people are thinking of them, then no one's really thinking of you in the way that you're thinking they are, you know? So uh, that might be confusing to, to, to understand. Uh, did you get what I meant? <laughs> I totally understand what you mean. And when you said that you started visiting other Portuguese halls and you felt out of place because maybe you didn't feel like Portuguese enough or whatever it may be, it, it like clicked in my head like, ah, he gets it because... I'm very Portuguese. I speak it fluent. Like I can keep up with the old guys. Yes, yeah. And so I didn't know. I didn't. I I never saw it from your view. And so every, I, every like your the, the the vibes are completely different. And you're right. Like, but the, the, there's this there's this underlying thing that connects us all. But it, there's still there's still wildly different locations, and it's 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 a beautiful thing. But it's it's definitely like I I acknowledge that I was a fish out of water when I was visiting them. know you just grow so much insecurity and I think um our parents generation there there weren't a lot of tools that they were given from their parents to communicate with us to help us through that and now when I as I I know that you have older nieces and nephews but my niece is just starting middle school and I had asked her the other day I said you know how are the girls treating you at school and she's like "Mm, it's okay and I'm like are they kind of mean to you and she's like, so, like sometimes. And I said, you know why, right? And she's like, no, because you're a very confident, beautiful girl. And some people are not as confident as you, and they may get jealous of your confidence. But don't let that dim your light. And I always, I just wish somebody would have been like, hey, how are people treating you? And I think that's where we can start breaking that. 
and start communicating like you good like check in nobody ever checked in with me just like sylvia's crazy she's wild she's a partier but nobody checked in with me yep true it was all this judgment of like you are bad you're rebellious you're this you're that but there was nobody actually checking in to be like what's going on are you having a hard time processing something that's where i think that we could kind of fix these like generational curses as they say because we have the tools now difficult thing because like i I mean because just not checking in on someone just checking in on someone is not a difficult thing and i think you're you're 100 right that it's this it's a simple gesture to just ask someone like hey what's going on are you doing good or how are you you know you can see it in some people's eyes when you ask them how they're doing that sometimes they uh haven't been asked that in a really long time so I agree with what you're saying that it's not asked quite enough how people are doing and checking in on people. And um, I'm guilty of doing that a lot too with a lot of my close friends. And just recently I, you know, had a, like a, a, a fall, a small falling out with a, a friend that I've had for over 10 years, you know, since, since, since the beginning of high school. And uh, it was, it was not uh a hostile falling out like there was not anything that really aggravated our relationship i was just becoming so complacent as a friend and taking his friendship for granted uh that i you know i i I didn't realize that like you know like i wasn't hitting him up to hang out you know like he was just hitting me up to hang out and it was a very one-way energy flow of relationship and i wasn't checking in on him seeing how he was doing it became very superficial habitual and we were going through the motions and and I didn't notice that anything, you know, I, I, it was like, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're buds. We do the same thing over and over again. We just kick it. But but you there's you got to you got to give energy to your friends around you. And uh, I wasn't doing that. And, you know, like so I could I only have so much time in this life and uh, you can't spend it with people that are not willing to give energy to you, you know. And so I, I really assessed like myself as um, a person with that experience. Because I, 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 up until then, I thought that I was a good friend. You know, I thought that I gave a lot of energy to people. But I definitely do fall into the habit of taking people for granted. And taking people for granted, I think, is probably one of the worst things we could do. Any relationship in general, whether it be friendships, whether it been, like, romantic relationships, it takes work. Like, it, it does. You have to put in the work. To, and I'm the type of friend or I was the type of friend I expected a lot from my friends. I feel like, um, in the sense of, um, being there. And I think because I, I was so crumbled on the inside, I really wanted support. I really wanted good close friends and I was having a hard time distinguishing, like, is this a good friend or is this a party friend? Like, do I tell this person things or am I going to be talked about at the end of this? That was, it was hard. I think, isn't that like your twenties though? Like, I feel like you're just. Yeah, no, uh, I think, I think that's, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've even grown out of that yet. It's, it's still, I'm still concerned with uh, if there's alternative motive to this friendship, if it's a legit friendship, am I wasting my time? Uh, is it authentic? You know, like, cause you know, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's something that I don't think is unique to my twenties or maybe you've kind of grew out of it and I'm still in it. I don't know. Cause I still have that feeling in the back of my head when I'm speaking to someone, if, 
if if their friendship is legitimate and if I should be opening up and letting my walls down and and, and telling them all the things that I'm telling them because I do like to be very transparent and honest in conversation. So like I will start just being an open book and I'll start talking and 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 I will do that. And a lot of times I catch myself maybe not doing that with people that I should be. I have made that mistake so many times, so many times. And I think that you just learn with time that not everybody needs to know everything and not everyone deserves to go that deep with you. Yeah. There has to be like levels of, of friendship. You know, there are acquaintances, there are, you know, the high and by friends. And then you, you really are going to just have a selected few people that you can really deep down talk to. I've had a friend that has been one of my best friends since I was sixth grade in sixth grade. And we maybe see each other like two, three times a year max and we barely text, we barely check in, but like when we see each other, I mean, we're obsessed with each other and I can tell her anything. She can tell me anything. We don't feel judged by each other. Yeah. That is like a different level of a friendship. You know, that's kind of lifelong. Understood by both ends. Usually, you know, it's, I don't think those ever end up being like a one way street. Uh, yeah. It's just like you guys both understand that we have this relationship and there's going to be times where we, like you said, we go on big stints where we don't talk to each other, but it, we could pick it up exactly where we left off. And I definitely have my friends that um, are, that, that I share those same type of relationships with for sure. So I can relate to that. So did you ever feel like with our friendship, did you ever feel like, damn, that's pretty messed up that she just like all of a sudden, like we were like best friends. She doesn't even talk to me anymore, man. Uh, so there was like, it's kind of like I said, like I kind of got it going into it right in the beginning of this conversation because it's layered. Like I think, I think for me, from my perspective, it was very clear to me that there was also a simultaneous like disconnection between like your own really close friends that you had next to you. Yeah. So like it was like from 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 where I'm standing, you know, you, not only are you kind of drifting away from me, but you're also drifting drifting away from a lot of other people that are way closer to you than I was. So it was like, yeah, I felt I felt like very um it was unfortunate that we were no longer speaking, but clearly I I thought that there was something uh, more deeply rooted going on. I didn't take it personal in that way, you know? Well, I am happy to hear that because it was never anything personal at all. I got to a point and I kind of spoke on this on the last episode where when my friend passed away, it was it was a big wake up call for me. And um, I knew I had to change my life. And my life at that time was partying to forget. And it was every single day, every day, every night. I could, I mean, I'd make it to work every day. I was very responsible in that. I'd make it to work every day. But that night I was still going out and I was still coming home. And I was like drunk on a freaking train coming home. It was so irresponsible. And I just needed to stop or I was going to be the one that was going to be in the grave. And I had to disconnect from anyone that was in that lifestyle so I can just like restart my life for sure and I you know I that makes complete sense there's a lot of times that I feel like I got conversations that you you would call when you're on that bus you know when you're on that train or whatever whatever it's called the put it the bar yeah <laughs> so I feel like yeah like my friendship was definitely one, one that was facilitating 
that lifestyle. You know, if like if if I was a conversation that you had at the end of the night with, then it's very clear that like you have to distance yourself from that in order to like, you know, because because I think there's even the even if it's like like the twelve step program with with alcoholism, like you have to completely cut yourself off from the things that were a part of like that old lifestyle of life, you know? So I, 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 I like, I, like I said, it to me, it kind of just coincided with like, w- you know, what was going on. And I listened to the last podcast with Vanessa and I, I think that's why I felt like, yeah, like um, it, it confirmed, I guess, a feeling that I kind of already had that. All right. Well, yeah, there was a, there was a distancing for self-healing type thing going on, you know? Yeah. Like I, Vanessa put it, she put it into really easy words. She just said, you need to sit, you needed to sit in your thoughts. And I never allowed myself to sit. I was go, 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 yeah. go. I mean, I never stopped. I mean, for a couple years, I just never stopped. I was never home. I just kept going. I was running from my problems, from my pain, from everything. And it all kind of started crashing down. And I remember when I met my husband, I let him know. I'm like, hey, you know, I just lost a friend. I'm going through stuff. So, like, if you want to date me, that's heavy. going to be going on with me. Like, I'm just letting you know that I'm kind of going through it. Um, But that was like I was starting to kind of kind of settle down a little bit. And now I just can't even picture being out like that. Like, I'm in bed by. 8 39 o'clock some nights these kids they exhaust me and they they have my personality so they are very non-stop as well yeah i'm sure you got your hands full and you're tired but yeah i understand that i mean i i don't have kids and i feel like i can't even do it too much anymore i find myself like obligate like doing like obligatory nights out with my friends just because i know i can't stay in older. every weekend you just get older and you're like I just think I would rather just be home. <laughs> of course. I think yeah. you've been kind of more of a homebody. I mean, I, 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 I enjoy going out to like concerts, you know, but like just going out to party, you know, like I'll party when there's something to celebrate, but I can't really just go out to party anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things you, you just, you lose the energy for it, but um, you kind of have to try to maintain it too. You know, you have to, you have to no, put your you pole in the water to, to get bit by a fish, so. Yeah, you have to maintain. That's the only way to maintain friendships. Yep. Is you, you have you, you to socialize. Um, like feed the friendship in a way. Yeah. I uh, I find myself uh, being a homebody and stuff like that way too much to where it's like being very um, toxic to my lifestyle. I need to start going out more and talking to people and being more social because it's very easy to regress and not be social so there's that for sure and i and i envy those who find you know their significant other and they they get to find comfort in that regression from social life a little bit but uh it's 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 still a struggle well like my husband he he can make friends anywhere like he and i i used to feel like that like he's a part of a lot of like car clubs and he has so many friends I mean the amount of friends that he's like 
all their name. I'm like, I can't keep up with these people. And I, I can never really go with him because there has to be somebody with the kids, but that's like, you know, that's his thing. That's his one thing he does, you know, and it's a couple hours or whatever. And I, I envy that. And I think a lot of moms, especially if they're home with kids, they envy that because we don't really get that until our kids are a little bit older. So I'm kind of starting to get a little bit of more, you know, now my, the baby's, you know, one years old and it's easier, um, to take care of him. So I'm able to kind of, you know, if I want to plan a dinner or, or anything like that, but I'm like, I also have gained some type of codependency on my kids. Yeah. It's hard for me to walk out the door because I'm attached too. And I think with COVID, I really have enjoyed being a homebody. And so I have to really put myself out there to not be home. Yeah, you have to force yourself. It's like, I have to, yeah, I have to force myself now. Yeah, it honestly, I think um, it it feels some, it's weird, but it feels like almost like sometimes going out could feel like going to the gym. It's like, I got, I have to, I have to go do this because, not because I want to, because I actually have to. You know, like, and and that's weird that I've, I'm arriving at that point in my life where I feel like socializing is becoming a chore, you know, or just something that like a, a check a checkpoint that I have to hit for, you know, my own happiness. But I think that comes with, like you said, the pandemic a little bit. Um, but a good a good buddy will also get me to shake my my mental out of that. So I have a I have a friend that pulls me out and gets me to go out and and he stays on me and he knows the way I am. He knows that I'm I'm hard to go out, but once I go out, I like to have a good time. So, he, you know, a good a good friend like that will 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 work wonders for you know your social life. For sure, I gotta find someone over here that can drag me out every once in a while. It, it, I'm very <laughs> blessed to have my friend that does it for me because if had not he he been doing as much as he does with pressuring, and he'll get, he'll damn right pressure me, you know, sometimes because he knows I want to, he knows I want to, and he knows I need to, and he knows that. It, it's healthy to go out and, and talk to people and, and spend some time with a friend. And so he stays on me and he's been getting me out of my show. So it's, it's really nice to have a friend like that. Um, I, I, I really would be that friend. Well, it, it, don't ever, don't ever, like, if someone starts being that way, just like, don't, don't buck them too hard, man. They're probably one of the, they're a godsend, you know, like, they, they really are just doing you a big favor and just go with it and, and have fun. Like bucking against that a lot. You know, when, when my anxiety started becoming more of a, a socially debilitating thing. Randy one time telling me like, I'm like, where's Dom? And he's like, oh, Dom did the vanishing act. Yeah. And that was like the first time I noticed that like you would just disappear. Yeah. And you wouldn't say anything to anyone. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? He just he vanished. And I, I mean, at some point, I'm like, what? Yeah, I would text you and be like, are you good? Everything okay? Kind of thing. But that was your way of coping. That was your way of kind of just escaping it. Yeah. The thousand percent. Uh, sometimes I would just, just mask it until it became like so physical that I was just like, you know what? This is the threshold. I'm not going to make a big deal about saying goodbye. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I don't want to like draw attention to myself and the situation that, you know, so I'm also just going to, and a lot of times the weird thing that I would get was uh, FOMO, I guess, like uh, 
just a weird kind of just like, damn, man, my, my social anxiety really just like prevented me from staying. And you feel kind of just like, not cool, booby, you know? And it's, it's a, it's bummer. It's a bummer when you're, when you're like, when you're feeling normal again and you're just like, why can't I just feel like this? Oh, I know. I have. I had a couple, um, like anxiety attacks a couple weeks ago, and I was telling my husband, I'm like, I understand so much more now how people get to a breaking point because it's a feeling that you are just so tired of feeling that way, and you just want it to go away so bad, and you feel like you just want to like grab yourself from the inside out. Like it's just an unexplainable feeling, and you just want it to be over with and done with and yeah. you're like what the hell go away already like, yeah I'm not even thinking of anything like what sparked this for me it's just a, like an immense like overwhelming feeling that there's nothing i can do or nowhere i can go that will be the right thing or the right place yeah you know and like it, it's just that kind mm-hmm. of like just something's off but just in a suspended state of existence you know and it, 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 it gets to the point where it starts to like, uh, you kind of described it at, in, in over a text message one time as like being like overly self-aware. Yeah. And I kind of, I think that's what's going on a lot of the times, you know, when I'm experiencing it is that like, I'm just so aware of what's going on. Like what people are looking like little facial reactions when they look I'm at me. Incredibly, incredibly like intuitive and, I can read people the second I meet them like and I've never been wrong about that I've had like bosses that will hire people and I'm like they're gonna last one week yeah and like, what do you mean they're great they're this I'm like I'm telling you this and this and this and this is gonna Personality happen stuff. you're gonna see this is what's gonna happen and this is how it's gonna go yeah. and it happens like and they're like what the hell like I'm like just let me interview them <laughs> and, and there's I think there's a lot of um people give tells, you know, like there's a lot of tells when someone's dissatisfied with you with, and a lot of it's nonverbal, you know, like their, their eyebrows scowl or something. And you just know that they're, that they, they don't find your presence very uh, enjoyable or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I find myself very hyper tuned into those things too. I can feel that just from social media from people. And I have a terrible habit of being like, delete, gone, unfollow yeah that's no good and you are the one person i was actually telling my husband about uh this about you i'm like he is the one person that has ever just friended me back like "Uh uh-uh you're not gonna do this to me you're not unfollow me well this is not how this is gonna go down and you'll just you won't even say anything and like you follow me back and i I, and i i request you back and like we don't even say anything and i'm like okay Well, yeah, I mean, because to me, it was like, like, oh, clearly there's a mistake here. You know, like, <laughs> I must have unfollowed this person or something, or they're, they got their uh, account hacked. Because I didn't even stop to think for a moment. Like, I don't, I didn't read into it like that, you know, because I thought that we were, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that there was any reason for us to not be friends on, on social media, you know. So when I, when I realized that it, we were no longer friends, I just, all right, well, let's fix that, you know? <laughs> I, I think I get into these, like, little modes where I'm like, you haven't engaged in my life. You're just looking just to look. Yeah. And 
You don't care about me. You... I could totally be categorizing that person in your mind, and I understand that. But I actually never categorized you in that. It was more for you and for me unfollowing you. It was like, we just don't talk. He hasn't talked to me. Yeah. It was never, I never felt judged or that you don't like me or anything like that. So I'm like, well, I guess like lack of effort. Anyway, it could be. And I also think I have levels of social media like for like TikTok. I don't want anyone to know me. <laughs> I want it to be purely strangers. Yeah. That- follow me i don't want to know anyone i don't want anyone to see my tiktok and then instagram i really am more personal with it it really is the people that i enjoy and that i feel enjoy me as well and then facebook is just a free-for-all yeah facebook's just like like you got to have everyone so that you get the notifications on like oh this person passed away here's the funeral information like facebook facebook is just send it everyone that i've ever met is basically my friend uh I get that, like, and and that's where I kind of get into, like, I understand because it's so easy to just be a viewer of someone's life instead of like a participant, especially with social media, you know, like, and I fell into that category of friend that was just viewing your life instead of participating in it. So, I mean, I totally get your anxiety now that you feel better. I mean, do you feel like you still, you still suffer a lot? Um... I don't suffer from panic attacks really anymore. Um, I've learned to like, like I think everyone has a, a natural levels of anxiety, you know, like, Oh, I have a job meeting tomorrow. Sure. You should definitely be a little anxious, you know, like, you know, like go iron your clothes and go to bed earlier. Like there should be a level of anxiety that is naturally pushing you to be on your P's and Q's, but like having just like a panic attack because I'm, in the presence of people like I don't really experience that anymore you know like uh that was like some sort of weird just like caring too much about what was being thought about everyone around me you know like what they were thinking and what they thought of me and and just being too I guess hyper aware of the situation so I've learned to like kind of just like block those things out and enjoy the situation for what it is mm-hmm. and uh, I don't find myself experiencing anxiety like that i do experience now like a more like philosophical profound level of anxiety where like i feel like i'm getting older and i need to like like move on with a certain stage of my life and start having a kid or something so there's definitely like a shift in the level of anxiety that i have Mm -hmm. but i'm not having panic attacks in the middle of the night like ah i gotta go out and find a wife you know like that's not happening (laughs) You, you know like yeah so like i think i'm much more in control of my my actual level of levels of anxieties to the point where i don't become overwhelmed and have to escape and go home you know because it got it got to the point where i found myself even becoming anxious around people at my own family dinners and stuff you know and i and i found myself spending less and less time at, at, at family gatherings you know and that was breaking my heart so that's when i was like hey that's where that was like my rock bottom for anxiety. You know, like if, if there was a rock bottom for anxiety, it's like I can deal with like not seeing friends. I can deal with like not being able to like be the best version of myself in public. But one thing I can't deal with is like I got to get away from my family. You know, like I got to go home and just be by myself. I can't. That's that's an unacceptable level of anxiety for me. So panic attacks, I think we're just like tied. tied. Those was just like your body's. Um, alarm system saying, hey, you're not living life right. You're not living life right. 
fucking yeah. go home and go home and reassess before you go out and try to do stuff like this, you know? And totally. And, yeah. And that's, that's I've kind of what that is. Looked at it like that, like an alarm clock in a way. Yeah. Or like, a, like, a, like the, the uh, a check engine light that comes on for your truck. You know, if you haven't changed your oil for, for, you know, uh, 20,000 miles, something bad's going to happen, you know? And if you don't take care of yourself for a certain number of years, you're going to, you're going to have a breakdown. And so I think anxiety is that alarm going off and telling you that, hey, something's wrong. You don't feel right. You're doing something right now that you're not supposed to be doing or something. You know, it's hard to believe that it's not um, stemming from some sort of like like actual because I, I, I have a hard time to believe that the body is going through that immense like amount of like stress for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't purely just be like, it's all in your head. Just get over it. You know, like, there's, yeah, there's things that you're subverging. There's or things like, that you're avoiding. There's something, you know, there's bills, there's money. There's you're not meeting your own personal standards for your career. There's something that's bothering you, you know, and and those are just the alarms going off, you know, and and I and, and I stopped ignoring the alarm and I started listening to it. And that's all that happened. And so I've been in therapy and I think there have been things that have happened to me in my upbringing and it goes back to us being products of our own environment in where I feel like my sisters and I didn't have really the tools to learn how to communicate with one another and I I think in a lot of the Portuguese culture it's like your finger up saying no 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 but never why and we were always like trying to figure out why without asking why and not being told why. Yeah. And my sisters and I are going through a really kind of beautiful thing. I think right now where we're acknowledging that we weren't given the tools to be able to say, I fucked up. Yeah. I didn't have said that. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I didn't mean it that way. You misunderstood me. I didn't mean to hurt you when I said that. I said that because like there were never tools and we're not perfect beings either. My parents did an amazing job with us. They didn't have the tools themselves. But now that we're able to process that, I, I see now my reactions, my rash reactions to situations where I would just cut people off and just be done, done, done and not having the conversation like you and I are having, I could have saved a lot of that if I just would have had the tools to know how to communicate that. Yeah. Um, I think that's still super rare. I mean, there's adults that are in their 40s and 50s that still don't know how to do that. Uh, being able to just humble yourself and be like, I fucked up. I was wrong is very hard to do is very hard to do. And most people are still struggling with it. So it's, it's awesome that you're, 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 you're working on that and you've, you've got a, uh, uh, that skill set in your tool belt. Cause, um, that's something I'm still working on in its entirety too. And I think I explained with my friend that I had a falling out with, I had to, really reflect on myself, you know, and be honest with myself, like, dude, you've been a shitty friend, you know, and like, you need to not only just start being a better friend, you have to like acknowledge that you were being a bad friend and fess up to it. If you actually want like. Fact in hearing somebody acknowledging their shit. 
Oh, for sure. And like the, the, the most of the times, like you want to address the situation, you just don't have like the guts to in a way, you know, like, like yeah. you, you want to just, you want, you want to get it off your chest and be like, my bad that I was being this way. And that's why I was like, I don't want to not acknowledge your, when you were like, when you apologize to me for something that I feel like you don't need to, I still want to acknowledge your apology. Cause that takes a lot of like, um, that, that takes a lot of effort in the self just to do that, you know, but uh, there's a lot of things I think that people do to avoid to saying sorry to someone when really what's going to make them feel better and what's going to make the person that they did something to feel better is just to kind of confront it head on. But a lot of people don't like confrontation, you know, and that's where I'm kind of blessed where like I was grew growing up with a family that maybe communicated a little bit too loudly to each other. You know what I'm saying? We Same. said we spoke a little <laughs> too honestly to each other. 100 you know so the 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 concept of confronting something that bothers me so that it can no longer bother me and we can have a better relationship that's not foreign to me you know and um that's so what advice would you give me like moving forward with this podcast and kind of going through these hard conversations like what do you feel like because at some point I know I'm going to, it's not going to be as easy as it's been with you and Vanessa. Um, you know, I think it'll be the conversation. I think will get harder with some people. Yeah. Um, right now I feel very positive, but I think I was received very well by you and Vanessa. So I don't know if that's going to be the same moving forward. Well, I mean, hopefully not. I mean, I, I hope for your sake that it's not going to be this easy going forward because in like where you, your intentions are to grow from this. And to yeah. confront things that you're not really necessarily excited to confront. So if you are to achieve what you intend to achieve by starting it, unfortunately, I would wish for you to go through those those growing pains and those those awkward moments and those stripes. The only thing I can really stress for you is to do your best to just get them to talk to you. Because I think the biggest challenge I think you're going to have is just like, getting people to agree to open up to you. And if once you've done that, you've, you've definitely succeeded. So my advice to get you to make things go smoothly is to not necessarily try to make things go smoothly. Like things are not um, for them to be authentic. They're, they're probably not going to go smoothly, but just so lucky that the other person is willing to be a part of that, that level of confrontation, do everything you can to make that happen. You know, and if it involves like like having a, a like a like a relationship with them out, because not everyone's going to be comfortable with like record our conversation. Of course, one. You yeah. know, like yeah, I was nervous at first, and I don't. I feel like that's the, something that like I can handle. You know, people are going to be like, listen, if you want to have this conversation with me in front of people, then we're going to have to have some level of conversations, um, in, not in front of people in privacy. And I think you should be very open to that, you know. Um, I don't think that takes any, like, like authenticity away from, like, the podcast. I, reaching out to people that you've lost your, your relationship with is a, is a really cool idea. And that's why when I, when I saw you post this, I was like, that's rad. You know, like, I think that's cool. And I think um, along the way, you're going to have conversations and there's going to be very interesting ones. There's going to be very dull ones, you know, and. And there's going to be ones, like you said, if, if you're lucky, are actually hard to deal with or hard to navigate and hard to do. And when you're in those moments, when you feel like, oh, this is very uncomfortable, 
just remind yourself that that's what you're signing up for, you know, certain level of uncomfortableness to, to get the outcome that you, that you desire. And you, that's, you're definitely doing that right now. And I, and it's, it's admirable. And, and I advice would just be, don't hold back on it. You know, like, don't feel like, don't second guess yourself. No one's like, if people aren't listening, don't have any, like, like and expectations for like your crowd or anything, just do your conversations as authentically as possible. And, and then just let the, uh, the rest, you know, unfold. That is great advice and very meaningful. And I appreciate you and I appreciate our friendship so much. There is not, um, there, like I said, there's, there's only a handful of people that, um, I can talk openly about my anxieties and things that I went through and, and you know, so much about a lot of my dark moments. And I appreciate you always being a friend that never judged me and just always just heard me. Like you, you a friend to me. So I have to say, you know, even though you're going through, you know, maybe a friendship fallout, you're a very good friend and don't ever second guess that. Well, that's appreciated. And there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of times where I mean I can think of too that where I was feeling not fully myself and not not feeling like fully comfortable to be having a good time and there was a lot of times where although you say are like the darkest you, you know and then I, I accept that like are dark for you there was a lot of lot of good fun times that that we had and I appreciate like your friendship to those those years you know Specifically, us screaming at the top of our lungs to the song "Twist and Shout." I, and- exactly, <laughs> like the porch, and just like, just you know, just like you helping me be comfortable. Like, just oh, you're not singing as hard as you can, sing louder, you know. Like, I just there's a lot of moments where you you help people have a good time, you know. So, I think you should give yourself credit in that way, you know. Like, uh, although like the party thing wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing the healthiest phase of your life there's some credit to be where you make people feel comfortable you know and you're and you're easy to talk to and you're fun to be around so there's there's definitely credit earned there you know and credit due so give yourself credit thank you <laughs> you're welcome i love you love you too and thank you so much for talking with me and i can't wait to keep this friendship growing yeah i'm glad uh, i'm glad to, to uh, have had this What's up, everybody? Have you ever thought of making a podcast? Well, Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify or podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with absolutely no catch. 
ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it's made my editing life so much easier. It's just one place for everything. You can record even your videos, editing all in one place, and it makes it super easy to upload. So I hope that you guys are getting creative and starting your journey with podcasts. Conversation. It was like I